Hello, everyone. This is episode five, I've been told, of A Woke Bloke with myself, Michael Ray, and... Reham from a bit sunny Scotland today. Ooh, it's 28 degrees and sunny as here in Australia. Kangaroos hopping down the main street and all of the other things you've heard about. Oh, so, so send us some sun because um, it's uh, a blistery two degrees and we're expecting some snow. My goodness, couldn't yeah. cope. Okay, <laughs> on today's episode, and thanks everyone for following along on your feedback. It's been great. So today's episode, we're going to talk about polarity, not battery type polarity, but masculine feminine. So opposing energies type thing. Reham is going to uh, explain better than I am, and I'm going to listen along because I know it all. Don't let the bewildered look on my face uh, for you, but uh, Reham's going to explain it. Go ahead, Reham. Uh, you're too humble and too kind. Um, don't allow that to take away from your um, ability to jump in at any point with your own personal and professional experience as well. Um, so we're talking about polarity. Polarity can be perceived in so many different ways, but when it comes to relationships, it's that polar opposite magnetic uh, pull, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it, between uh, a man and a woman, if, if that was the, the way that the relationship was going. So it's that masculine and feminine energy, that, um, that electricity that happens between people, that dance, that tango uh, in conversations, that flow of, of ideas and, and communication that creates a bond and a connection. It's also um, referred to as energy because it really deals with how you create the space for a situation uh, to arise between two people, um, a bond, a connection, and then how do you dance in the moment? So dancing in the moment means to really give and take and receive while you're in the moment in the conversation. And what's beautiful about that is what, like, what's true for tangos is the man can lead and sometimes the woman can lead as well. So it's about that beautiful sway to and fro between two people that creates that energy, that creates the spark, that creates the juicy bits of a relationship, that maintains that passion and, uh, uh, and connection between two people. What's your take, Michael? Do opposites attract in your opinion, Reham? Yes and no. I think opposites do attract in the sense that when you're coming from polar energies, you do. When you're coming from polar uh, frameworks, polar values, um, very divergent lifestyles, sometimes they not only do not attract, they also uh, propel each other in the opposite direction pretty quickly after that honeymoon phase starts to wear off. And what happens is you begin to see how different you may be. So it depends again on the maturity level of the couple. If they're emotionally and mentally uh, mature to handle those differences and look at them as opportunities for exploration, adventure seeking, 
you know, curiosity about the other person, then those differences, those polar differences, um, for example, somebody that goes to sleep early and somebody that wakes up um, most of the night and, and is a night owl and goes to sleep late, that is a really polarizing uh, habit that can turn off a connection between two people pretty quickly. However, if they're both going to bed at the same time and the night owl stays up and the person that's in the morning does breakfast, for example, uh, prepares breakfast for, for the both, um, then there's that balance. You create that balance. So it really depends on the maturity of the couple. But if it's just the energy, then yes, polar opposites do attract beautifully because it's when men are in their masculine energy and women are in their feminine energy. And let me remind everyone, every single man and woman has both masculine and feminine energy. So when men are in their masculine energy and women are in their feminine energy, they're creating that magnetic pull, that attraction, that, um, that juicy sexiness between them. When a woman is in her masculine energy and a man is in his feminine energy, it creates a similar attraction, but it's role reversal. So it really depends on what you're looking for. And there are examples for each that we could jump into. Oh my goodness. I, I think I've got a feminine polarization happening here with, with my relationship. I know I'm solo dad, but I've got the most wonderful partner I've been with now for two years. She is amazing by the way. Yes. Um, where we have a real role reversal she has a her law degree, her psychology degree. She's currently doing her MBA, holds world records in, in powerlifting. Yep, just if there's a, a jar with a lid that won't come off, it gets handed to her. I'm the parent, the, the carer. She's the career woman. Um, yeah, so we've, we've obviously got that uh, different. She's my superior every way, physically, mentally, and spiritually. She would be my superior. Her, her career means a lot to her. She's the most fantastic um, stepmom for my daughter, but she's the fun one, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm the other one. But she's also the grown-up on the grown-up stuff, and I'm also the kid. So... You know, they're definitely the masculine and feminine one. Whereas when I was single, grew up being a bouncer and, you know, boxer and all of those uh, tough things. But I'm not sure if my daughter has flicked the switch that has made me realise that uh, a lot of it was facade. A lot of it was um, being in a role that I had to be in to be in the world that I had to be in to uh, be accepted and, and respected basically um or what i thought others would respect and what i needed to be in so you know my masculine and feminine definitely seems to have uh, flipped and th there's nothing wrong with that to be honest um and i'll explain why because if they're flipped because of a shift in your lifestyle you became a solo dad so the emotional nurturing, supportive, empowering, enriching skill sets that you developed and honed now more than ever being a solo dad come to the forefront. Yeah, that's feminine energy. Absolutely. But um, for our listeners who can't see Michael, he's a tall, broad, strong, very handsome in his own right, man. So don't allow that to take away from his, your perception of, of his masculinity. 
the reality of the situation is you've had to channel a lot of your energy into your feminine energy because of your role. The reality of the situation though is I can almost guarantee without knowing, I must say, <laughs> but I, almost, I can almost guarantee that you switch that switch on and off when you're with, when you're with your partner. So you can be the man if that's what you're choosing to be. And if that's what she's wanting to, for you to be as well. And that's where it's healthy. You know, you can choose to be the man. You can choose to be the, the, the dominant one in the relationship, in the bedroom, for example, compared to in the relationship itself. And as long as that works, the polarity works. But if you get a man, let's say the traditional man, Okay, you're not the traditional man. And I'm definitely not the traditional woman. So let's say the traditional man who wants to be the dominant alpha male in the home. He is the breadwinner. He is the provider. He's the supporter when it comes to financial uh, needs. He usually wants the polar opposite, which is a feminine, submissive, listening and obeying woman. Okay. And he wants to dominate and she and he wants to make sure that she's submissive. And that's in the relationship and oftentimes in the bedroom as well. That polarity works for those that want that to work in that way. But if she's not submissive or that kind of person that is submissive in the bedroom is willing to be in the relationship, but isn't in the bedroom and she comes from a bit of a masculine energy and he comes from a bit of a masculine energy, they're not going to meet. The, 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 the sex is not going to be good, to say it plainly, because they're coming from the same energy. So either he chooses to step into the feminine energy, okay, to be more explorative, more welcoming, then great. But if he's not, then that is a fundamental breach in that relationship. That's what I was talking about earlier. If they're coming from the same polarity, it creates friction, it creates angst, it creates, uh, uh, it, you know, arguments, fights, expectations that are not met, and oftentimes are not even spoken. And what it also creates is resentment. Because mm. people don't speak about those things. Well, why aren't you meeting my needs is the conversation that's going to probably be had. Well, why can't you meet mine? And then you're butting heads. Instead of, how can I show up for you? And how can you show up for me? And that's a conversation that couples can have around polarity to redefine the polar energy that they have for each other. Does that make sense? How much of it, how much of it do you think is driven by external appearances with men where they, they want to be seen as granting something to a woman who is deserving of his wisdom and his uh, prowess and all the rest of it. So by having a subservient woman who um, thinks she's lucky to have, have such a, you know, a gift elevates him in the eyes of others rather than himself. Well, that it, then it goes to motivation. What is he motivated by? If he's motivated by other people's acceptance of his of, of the perception of who he is and what his role is, it's about status. It's about pride and ego. And that is a killer for healthy polarity 
and energy between two partners because then he's doing it to please other people to get the acknowledgement of, of other people it's people pleasing but just in a different way and um tony robbins actually has seven ways to identify how we um how we choose to live our life so four of them six ways sorry four of them are based on our sense of security and stability in life and um how comfortable we are with that one of them is status and um admiration and um acceptance by others and if that is your motivator then that is what you're going to seek you're constantly wanting acknowledgement and acceptance and um and and just approval uh from the external sources of approval so if your partner let's bring it back to relationships if your partner doesn't give you enough words of affirmation from the five languages of love, for example, words of affirmation and words that empower and enrich and, and, and like compliment a man or a woman, but in this situation, a man, then he'll seek it externally. He'll seek it externally through being the social butterfly or whatever, the social bloke, I'll call that <laughs> properly, the social bloke, um, or um, from other women or other men, depending on his needs. Um, he'll also seek it from his professional um, circumstances. Like, is he getting the accolades that he needs in order to maintain that need at a healthy balance so that when he comes home, he doesn't need his, his partner to view him as his secretary does, for example, or is his assistant, which you know is with utmost admiration and appreciation because it is a professional relationship. What happens though in that situation, and I'll give you a specific example, Michael. Um, there was a CEO of a company who had risen up to CEO status. And he you know, had this amazing wife who supported him through the, the growth of his um, accolades professionally. And she basically was that submissive wife and he was the dominant husband. And what happened was he got this secretary when he got that corner office, he got this amazing secretary an assistant and a, a team and they sung his praises all the time. Now his wife knew him for who he was before and knew him for who he was becoming. And she loved who he was before, but still never shared with him any, anything that would take away from his perception of himself as being this, grandiose person now okay over the edge over the top amazing ceo of this company to him it went to his head and he began to associate that feeling of attention to his assistant to his secretary to the women in his office and it disassociated from his partner from his wife and that's where the polarity becomes an issue. If you're seeking acceptance from others as your main source of polar energy and attraction, you're going to lose it with your partner mm. because they're no really? longer the source. It nearly seems transactional. It is. It is. But many people don't understand how transactional it becomes because they're seeing that as attraction. But in reality, it is, it is transaction. It is one for the other. 
I'll give you attention if you give me the raise. I'll give you, uh, you know, and I'm not saying sexual harassment. I'm just saying I will give you attention. I will stroke your ego. I will make sure that you are this amazing boss because I want my career to elevate. Mm. And that's acceptable in some ways. It's just when you cross that line, the, the line of ethics and morals and code of conduct, like, like we talked about before, that it starts to get really tricky. What are your thoughts, Michael? I've been talking a lot. No, uh, I agree. That's what I say. Um, great leaders and great, whenever I say leader, I, I like to have it um, transposed for parents because yeah, it was uh, Quincy, John Adams, John Quincy Adams said, if yeah. you inspire people to do more, believe more, or be more, then you're a leader. And I, I think that's uh, parents as well. And I think the greatest leaders and the greatest parents seek um, dissolute, uh, discussion and um, honest, honest appraisal of, of their actions on how they're going. And their team should be fearless in providing it, knowing that, you know, as long as it's, it's uh, helpful or authentic, that it, it, it will be welcomed. So the worst thing that you can do as a team is have a whole team of people who are going to agree with you. Yes, diversity. men. Yes, women. Yeah. Yep. That's why I say diversity in everything, diversity in gender, religion, situation and circumstances leads to the best best decisions and the best outcomes are the ones that, that have a range of different perspectives come in because, they, you know, I could never imagine things that a woman uh, would bring to the table from her lifetime of experiences. The same with somebody from different socioeconomic things. People have been raised in privilege compared to those who have done it. There's been a lot of um, debate at the moment about great female leaders. Yeah. And it, it drives me a little bit balmy because, as I like to say, you know, they're a great leader because of the decisions and the intellect and the choices they've made, not because of their gender, not despite their gender. But so I think the, the women that have made it to the top have overcome significant barriers and hurdles and done so well that it's no different to uh, an athlete training harder so that when they reach the pinnacle, their skill set is actually so much better. And it comes from such a diverse range of experiences yeah. that... Um, their background has actually, their, their disadvantaged background may well have ended up lifting them higher than those who have gotten the job because they were a friend of a friend or one of the boys or all the rest of it. And when they say, oh, you know, it's another dud male leader. Well, no, he's, he's not. A, please don't excuse or assign his ineptness to his gender. He's, he's a dunce because he's a dunce. So, but... You know, he's a dunce that just happened to know the right people to get the right places. So, you know, and the whole, you know, women make better leaders because of this and men make poor leaders because of that. No, it's, you know, there are many great male leaders and there are many great female leaders. They're great leaders, full stop. Yeah, I agree 100%. And as a leader in your own right, Michael, as an athlete and a boxer, um, how, how have you been able to manage body image? Because body image is one of those other ways that people create polarity 
um, if you're looking good on the outside, people believe that you're all together and and you know who you are on the inside. How have you, you been able to do that? My body is a side effect of my training rather than the, the focus of it. And the a healthy way is, of saying that, might I add. Just go on. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. healthy. The sad thing is now that um, exercise regimes, success or failure is basically um, judged on weight loss. And that's why I say you, you need to realise that um, your weight, it's, it's the result of a whole lot of factors that go into it. So, you know, whether you're emotional eating, whether you have, you know, hormonal problems, whether, you know, just it, it's your mind. It is your mind that controls your body and your, your weight is one of the least, least important aspects of the results of fitness, the mental health, the self-efficacy, the ability, the compression of morbidity, you know, your blood pressure, all the rest of it. And you go, great. You've got all these things. Your heart rate's lower. Your blood thing. Your blood pressure's lower. Your cholesterol. Your blood profiles are all great. You're fitter. You're sleeping better. But oh, I haven't lost any weight, so I'm not going to go to the gym. Really? You're kidding? You're kidding me? And your weight is a result of calories in, calories out, basically on a very basic level. So if you want to change the shape of your body, if that's your priority. You, you've got to address your diet and you cannot, you cannot out train a, an unhealthy, unhealthy diet. There's three and a half thousand calories in half a kilogram of body fat. A good workout, a good hard workout is going to burn, you know, 600, 650 calories. So, you know, to lose that, Half a, half a kilo of body fat, we've got to create a 500 calorie a day deficit. So it's a lot easier to go, you know what, I'm going to drop 250 calories out of my diet, just a slight adjustment and drop, increase my activity by 250. But what happens is we have all these compensatory mechanisms where the more you exercise, the more you eat, the less you eat, the less you exercise yeah. and it balances out. So, um, exercise has to be a non-negotiable just like brushing your teeth and all the rest of it but your body image one of the things i often say to clients i've trained over the years if i could hit you in the head that hard that you were stunned and convinced that you looked fantastic even though your body was exactly as it is now would you take that would that work if, if i could stun you so you thought you looked magnificent but you still appeared to everyone else as you are and I think probably 90% of people would say no. I, 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 and that's why I say, well, there, there's a big problem. It's the external validation that you're seeking because internally you're never going to see yourself as, as good as what other people do. You're always going to think that you, you're being judged. It's what's on the inside that matters. It's acceptance. Spot on, Michael, because as it relates to polarity, if we don't perceive ourselves as sexy or gorgeous or handsome or, you know, funny or witty or any of the qualities that we actually do possess, it almost tourniquets or suffocates the polarity in a relationship. And that's what you call depolarization. So our issues 
start to uh, diminish the polar connection, which is the energy that that life breath of a relationship, that spark, it kills it slowly because of our insecurities. So paying attention to what our insecurities are is so essential and having a rein on it by one, admitting it, two, talking to our partner about it. Like, for example, I'm insecure because my biceps are not as as defined as I'd like them to be, okay? Say, for example, if I were a bloke, that's an example. Um, so, I'm, I, and I feel that men are defined by their physical, you know, their chest and their arms, okay? So I talk to my partner about that. And I say, look, I know I'm not as chiseled as you'd want me to be. And you've mentioned it, for example, or you've asked or you've hinted, drop the, drop the, you know, <laughs> a couple of hints here and there. Um, what, what can, you know, what else are you looking for that could still spark that same excitement or that same, you know, interest? If the physicality, like Michael, you were saying beautifully, is just one dimension of who we are as human beings, when we're only connected to the exterior, it mm. becomes superficial. Yep. And the bond, the spark is just a small little amber. It's not a flame. And when the fire is really, really hot, it turns blue. That's the blue color of fire that we want between partners. And that only comes from investment on the inside. So if you can channel that external association of polarity and attraction to the internal makings of who we are as human beings, the spark becomes a flame and the flame gets deeper and the connection gets deeper and the depolarization starts to lessen. Because if we are not accepting who we are, how can we love others if we don't love ourselves? Exactly. How can we show up? if we don't show up for ourselves go ahead yeah there's nothing more attractive than confidence <gasps> yeah and but that's the thing people say no i i, I want to get to know him better and this bloke doesn't know himself so you're trying to get yeah. to know somebody who doesn't know who he is and for the men who feel insecure the minute you feel insecure about your partner or your relationship you need to look inside yourself you're insecure about yourself there's something you're doubting about you. If you think that she might leave you for someone with more money, a better job, a nicer better car, chest, arms, yeah. <laughs> bigger arms, stuff like these are all things that you don't like about yourself. Exactly. And exactly. don't don't put your insecurities on her. Don't don't it's uh, projection. Don't project your values onto her. If you want these things for yourself, if you're not comfortable with it. Make a plan, take action. If you think that they're not that important, then work on it. Hear those voices. You know, I'd still have these voices and that come to me, the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, all of these things. We all do. Yeah. Yep. And it's just, gee, that's interesting. I wonder where that came from. You know, and I listen to it and it's it's I think if someone else was saying those thoughts to me, what would I think? And I'd probably go, no, like I'm, I'm going to reject that and I'm going to proceed anyway. So you've got to look 
when you're not comfortable in your relationship, you're not comfortable with yourself for some reason, I say. So don't doubt your partner. You've got to figure out why you're doubting yourself. And if you need reassurance, put your hand up and say, you know what? I'm a bit vulnerable at the moment. I don't know why, why I'm feeling like this. Maybe we could discuss it. I feel like I'm not good enough for you. Do you know how sexy that is? Exactly. When a man or a woman speaks up and says, look, I'm feeling really self-conscious about this. Like I'm feeling like my toe is just too big. I'm I'm just being comical, but like really realistically, like I'm feeling like my my abs have been um, you know, they they've had a mind of their own during COVID. So what can we do about like how can you support me? Or or and then invite your partner to be part of that conversation because when you do, they might surprise you. Like we might think as women, I'll just say as women, we might think that our body is like needing to be perfect. And I'm sure this is true for men too, like you've shared, Michael. But our partner, because they see who we are on the inside is like, so what? Yeah. I see past that. It's There's more to you than just that. If you're really concerned about it, you've got a really good partner. If you're really concerned about it is what he'll say or she'll say, let's work on it together. Let's add a couple of, you know, um, a, like a mile around the, the, the area that we live in. Let's walk together. They'll invest time and energy in you because they believe in you because that will spark the attraction between both of you. And the best thing about that, Ram, that's why I say, even if the weight loss doesn't flow from that, the connection does if you're doing it together. You're Absolutely. investing you know, similar goal together and you're working on it. But what happens a lot of the times is, you're insecure about yourself, your partner picks up on that insecurity and they think that they're being rejected or shunned. So I don't want to take my shirt off because I'm uncomfortable with my body and he or she sitting there going, well, you know, she doesn't want to take her shirt off because she's not interested physically in me. So it's my fault. And because there's no real connection and there's no real honesty about the vulnerability and you know, we don't discuss it. So. That's classic depolarization right there. And it just spirals from there. You don't, you no longer know what started the depolarization. You just are polar opposites now. So you have to reinvest again and reignite if the flame is even there, if there's an amber, whatever it is, to just come back and say, I'm feeling really vulnerable about our relationship because, and fill in the blank. And if they don't accept it or they're not used to you talking about your vulnerabilities, stay courageous and be brave with the conversations and don't give up because it's your partner. Yep. And the only way to figure out who they are, what they want, is to figure out what you are and what you want. And um, I was had a critical illness there at one stage and that was... A really big thing with the counselor helped me go through the treatment and I said you know I can't not be this big tough and she said Michael that's not who you are that's what you do so if you could not lift a weight again if you could not get in the boxing ring again you would still be you you just wouldn't be doing those those things and no one no one is around you no one is connected to you because of what they do they're connected to you because of who you are yeah. so yeah, well said. Yeah, we we're all we're all a big mess, all of us, and we're, we're all a work getting in progress. We all are. Yeah, 
yeah. all trying to pretend that we're not. We're yeah. giving off these things. And as I say, we're trying to be connected to somebody who isn't connected to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we could go on forever uh, with polarity. Um, it's a it's a juicy subject. And just remember, if you're off and you're depolarized, find something that you both love and reconnect on it, uh, an experience, a hobby, a new a new experience even, whatever it is, or what brought you together from the beginning and relive that and reignite that passion between you. Because the minute that you are able to reignite it, the closer you'll be together. And it's about the closeness. It's about that collective experience as partners that really makes uh, a relationship alive. And, and know your purpose, like Michael was saying, know your purpose. If you know what your purpose is, you'll know what your passion is, your passion will ignite and reignite and continue to ignite that spark between you both. Remember, these are conversation starters with blokes, their children, and the women that support them. It's about many men having many conversations. Follow, like, and share. Also, don't hesitate to comment below. How do you invest in the polarity of your relationship as a parent and as a partner? What else do you also want to speak about or share about? Don't hesitate to add that in the comments below, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Rayhan. Anytime. Thanks, Michael.